Welcome to another dynamic word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Are you ready for the word? Let me give you the word tonight that I've, that I've studied and prepared for today. You know, and, and the title of the sermon is, If the Truth Be Told. If the Truth Be Told. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about the truth tonight. Never have to be afraid of the truth. It's the truth that sets us free as we continue in His Word. Jonah, you, you, you probably know the story of Jonah and, and the fish that swallowed Jonah. Uh, let's, let's look in Jonah chapter 1, 2, 3, and 4 at just, just, just a few verses, and then we'll draw some conclusions. But just to refresh us on the story of Jonah, uh, let's begin in Jonah 1, verse 1. Uh, and as I said, we will skip through here and kind of encapsulate this whole story. Uh, the, the Bible says in, in Jonah 1, verse 1, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, verse 2, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. You know, you've got to get pretty wicked for something to penetrate heaven, and all that heaven is hearing is how wicked you are. You know, I'm, we're, we're, we're not talking about being wrong. We're not talking about sin. We're talking about wickedness. Wickedness is something that is almost set apart from sin and sinners. It is wickedness. It's something that, is, that, that you're doing that is, that is seriously offending God and really giving the devil an opportunity to have a heyday there with you. Wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah, verse 3, you know, he didn't want to go. Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He just wanted to get away from God. Uh, because he didn't want to go uh, to Nineveh. A lot of people uh, give a lot of different reasons why he didn't want to go. But he, found, he, he went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare, and he went down into that ship to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. It was uh, reasonably believed in that day that if you got out of Israel uh, since Jehovah was the God of Israel, that if you got out of Israel, then you would get outside of the presence of God. And so, you know, God would speak to people, you know, speak to his children. But, you know, at that time, I know it seems small-minded, but they didn't think a whole lot about God being outside of the boundaries of their nation. Isn't that interesting? So Jonah figured if I get outside of, you know, Israel, eh, God shuts up. It's like turning off the water. You know, he doesn't care about anybody outside of here. You know, out, being outside is away from God, out of the presence of God. Um, verse uh, uh, 17, you, you, you can follow the story. You know the story. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah because they had this, you know, this great storm came up. And, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, Jesus referred to this, that Jonah, you know, just like Jonah, you know, uh, three, spent three days and three nights in the, in, in, in the belly of that great fish. Well, that ends chapter 1. Chapter 2 picks up, verse 1. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly. And he cried, or rather, and he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol, I cried. Out of the belly of hell. Out of the belly of the grave, 
uh, however you relegate that, out of the belly of death, I cried, and you heard my voice. Verse 7, when my soul fainted within me, I remember the Lord, and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple, right into the very throne room of God. Verse 3, because Jonah cried out to the Lord, excuse me, chapter 3, verse 1, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. You know, God delivered Jonah from the belly of that fish. He spit him up on dry ground. And then God said the very same thing to Jonah that he'd said before Jonah got in that predicament. Arise, go to Nineveh, verse 2, that great city, and preach to it a message that I tell you. Well, Jonah did that. And he went, started walking through the city. And he started telling them, repent, because, you know, in 40 days, God's going to destroy Nineveh. Well, guess what? At the message of Jonah, they began to repent. Verse 5, so the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast, and they put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Verse 10, then God saw their works, and they turned that they turned from their evil way, and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. Oh, I love the fact that there's always opportunity to, to petition God and for him to change things that were before inevitable in your life. That's, that's just me, or in the life of a nation in the life uh, even of a Gentile people that Jonah did not even believe that God was even there among them. So chapter 4, verse 1. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and Jonah became angry. Now, I know that we have encapsulated this in only a few moments, four chapters of the book of Jonah and uh, this which which comprised the whole book and there are a few things that we can learn from the account of Jonah and 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 you know remember that Jonah was not just some fictitious character Jesus referred to Jonah and uh, and and to this as an actual account of what happened and uh, uh, the the first thing that I want to offer to you and I want you to consider and uh, you know and at least take one thing with you tonight you you know my goal is to teach at least one thing and 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 for you to learn something one of the first things that Jonah teaches us is that it's always a shorter walk to go God's way than it is to go your way it's always a shorter walk to go God's way <laughs> You know, um, walking away from God or trying to get away from God or, or you know, uh, going a different direction, sometimes it just looks like a way we don't want to go. But believe me, it's always a shorter walk to go God's way. It would have been for Jonah. And Jonah found out that, that you will never catch God unprepared for anything that you're going to do. You know, God was already prepared for Jonah to say no to him. Isn't that interesting? Because God knows whether we're going to say yes or no. That's the most interesting fact, that God understands what we're going to do, and he's always prepared for whatever we're going to do, and yet he gives us a choice anyway. Do you know God is in the business of giving you a choice? God is not afraid of choices. Choices do have consequences. We are the ones that should be concerned about choices. We are the ones that could be, should be concerned about making a choice that, that does not represent what God wants us to do. 
But God is not afraid of your choices. God has already prepared for the choices that you are going to make that are going to take you outside of his best for you. That's, that's just absolutely amazing to me. The second thing that, that we realize here is that the pain that we, uh, the pain we endure going God's way is less than the pain we encounter going our way. You know, going God's way does not guarantee you're not going to have some pain, some disappointments. It's not going to guarantee life's going to be easy. It's not going to guarantee that, that you're always going to have a shade. It's not going to guarantee that what you want is always going to happen. But the pain that we endure when we go God's way, and sometimes it is painful, sometimes there are disappointments, sometimes we go down a road to get to the end of the road, and sometimes we go down a road to get to the fork in the road, and sometimes when we go down that road and it doesn't end up where we thought, but, but it's that offshoot peripheral that, that God shows us and it takes us off in a new direction, sometimes we can feel a little bit you know, uh, uh, disappointed that it might not have ended up where we wanted, when we wanted. But I promise you, where God is taking you is less painful than where you would have went without Him. It's always amazing to me that, that uh, when God sends people places, like, he, you know, like Jesus told His disciples, get into the boat and go to the other side. Well, they got in the boat, they were obeying Him, they just fed the 5,000. They were being obedient to Jesus and they were on their way commissioned by him to do something he said and yet a great storm arose and they rode all night long and didn't get anywhere isn't that amazing that even when you are in the middle of God's will sometimes you will encounter a failure in the eyes of others around you or perhaps even in your own accounting but never despair because the pain that you endure going God's way is less than the pain that you endure going your way. We do not know the things that we miss out on. That's one of the reasons why whenever I'm on a journey and something happens that, that takes me on a detour, I just have to give that to God because I do not know what I would have encountered had not that detour came at that moment. You know, uh, let me encourage you in life to realize that when you put your life in God's hands and you're headed down a road, and it looks like there is a detour, realize that what seems like a surprise to you may be a plan to God. Trust God even in the moments that you have um, a hiccup or a detour or a disappointment. Keep trusting God. Keep putting your life in His hands and keep doing your best to go His way because He has an ultimate plan and the only success we can ever have is to succeed in God's plan for our life, not our own. We cannot simply calculate what it will cost us to obey God. We must also factor in what it will cost God if we do not obey Him. You know, Jonah was calculating what it would cost him if he obeyed God. He knew that God was going to forgive Nineveh, and he did not want that. It was going to cost him, you know, perhaps uh, disappointment, hardship, you know, hurt, uh, you know, uh, but he failed to calculate what it would cost God and what it would cost others. God is the God of second chances. As you know, he said to Jonah the very same thing the second time that he said the first time. And uh, realize that you may not be the first person that God asked to go down that road. You may not be the first person that God wanted to use to do what he wants to use you to do. 
you may not be the first person just like the young rich ruler whenever he was asked by jesus sell everything you have give it to the poor come and follow me he said no jesus went straight to zacchaeus the next rich man that he encountered and zacchaeus said yes and he sold what he had and gave to the poor accomplishing the same goal that jesus had but it was not the first person that jesus asked to do it you know uh we uh we will talk uh, soon we will be talking about the good samaritan you know uh, uh god gave three people a chance you know uh, the other two people would not even have gotten a chance had the first person done it you you may never have gotten a chance if somebody else did not disobey god you may never have gotten a chance to do the greatest thing that you will do for god but God is raising you up because God knows beforehand what's going to happen and he's raising you with a purpose and a plan. Let's just not be one of those that pass up the chance and say no to God. Jonah uh, uh, also, uh, uh, the third thing tonight that we will talk about uh, is that uh, what God wants you to do is not just what's best for God. Sometimes we can get that in our head. What God wants us to do, you know, he's just looking at it, it's just best for him. But what God wants you to do is not just best for God, it's also what's best for you. It really is. It really is. I know it's hard to wrap your head around disappointments and detours and, 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 and difficulties of life. It is so hard. I cannot imagine how Job must have felt. I cannot imagine how, how disappoint, uh, disappointing uh, Noah must have felt after 120 years of preaching and not one convert. I cannot imagine how, how much uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, people in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, how much they endured. But yet, what God asked them to do was not just what was best for God, but it really was what was best for them. God has a plan that's out of this world, beyond this world. And then Jonah just ended up angry. You know, some people just end up angry. The end of Jonah's life, he was just an angry man because God didn't give him what he wanted. God didn't do what he wanted. He ended life on a very sad note. The last word we hear from Jonah is that he just wants to die. God, it would be better for me, if you just killed me, I'm mad because what I wanted did not happen. You know, uh, it, it really never pays to be angry with God. It's his game. You know, uh, disappointment is understandable, and God understands that as well. And I know there are a lot of people going around giving people permission to be mad at God, but I don't see that anywhere in the Word. I, I wouldn't advise that. I don't think that's a good um, uh, you know, I don't think that's good counsel. Uh, it, it, you know, God is God, and what God is doing, you know, is up to God. He is God, and we trust Him in the good days and the bad days. And uh, should we only trust God when things are going our way? Should we only love Him and praise Him whenever things are going our way? Well, uh, the Bible answer to that is no. You know, uh, and so. Uh, we'll end tonight on Jonah 4, verse 11. Uh, God said to Jonah in trying to assuage Jonah's anger, in trying to give Jonah a little different perspective, he said, uh, 
And should Jonah, Jonah, why are you angry? You know, are you doing well to be angry? Jonah said, yes, I'm, I'm, yes, yes, I'm well within my rights to be angry with you. Should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right hand and their left? Some imagine that those were young children that had not yet come to the age to where they even knew what to do or maybe they were so so uh, uh, you know uh, in lack of, uh, of of reality and truth that they didn't even know right from wrong but look what he said as well you know uh, because this is the last word in Jonah this is the last verse in the book of Jonah you know God always gets the last word God is going to get the last word God is going you know every one of us Every one of us and every sinner that refuses to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, every one in heaven and in earth will one day bow their knee and make their confession. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God will always have the last word. I don't want his last word to me to be harsh word as it was to Jonah and should I not pity Nineveh should I not pity the people that you work with should I not pity your co-workers God speaking to you should I not pity your classmates should I not pity the people that are pushing in front of you in lines around the world should I not pity those that are aggravating and irritating you? Should I not pity the opposing political party in which there are more than 120,000 people that literally are sitting in darkness? They really, as Jesus said, when they were driving nails in his hands and in his feet, he gave us a picture. Forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they are doing. Wouldn't it be horrible? We kind of sit here, especially, you know, in, in, in church, knowing as much as we know, and we cannot imagine that other people don't know what we know. We cannot imagine other people don't feel what we feel. Other people don't want what we want, but they don't. People who are without Christ, they don't know what we know. They don't feel what we feel. They don't want what we want. They, don't, they, 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 don't, they, they haven't tasted what we have tasted. Should not the Lord God Almighty pity those who do not know what they're doing? It was one of the last prayers of Jesus. Forgive them, Father. More than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right hand and their left. Look at this last uh, verse, and I'll, and I'll close with the last uh, phrase. And much livestock. I find that to be interesting. Soon, I hope, I'm going to be preaching on, on, on uh, how much God loves the earth and animals. So tonight, you know, I'll let you know that God will always have the last word. Okay, we've talked about it's always a shorter walk to go God's way and the pain that we endure going God's way is less than the pain that we encounter going our way. And we've also heard that what God wants us to do is not just what's best for God, but it really is what's best for us. 
Thanks again for joining us for another dynamic message from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.